Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Follow Radio Le Mans on Twitter at Radio Le Mans. Hello everybody and welcome along to our live and exclusive coverage of the 2015 Liquid Molly Bathurst 12 Hours. It's John Hindorf, Graham Goodwin and Cher Adam who are with you this morning as it is here at just coming up to 8 o'clock at Mount Panorama around the circuit on the pier and the FM as well and beautiful weather climbing to really hot temperatures over the weekend delighted to say that we've got a full grid of cars uh, one or two little issues last night we saw people still working in the very early hours of the morning when we were coming in and indeed out from the ACO announcement. If you didn't catch that, we'll have the archive up for you very shortly. It's audio only today and sound and vision tomorrow, both on the Bathurst site and on RadioLamont.com. And let's go straight down to the pit lane and say good morning to Shea Adam, who is standing right in front of our booth at the moment. Hello, Shea. Good morning. Ooh, right, okay, you're a bit quiet. Carry on. I think you might have to move a bit further up the pit lane. Parking. There you go. That made a difference, whatever you did there. It is a beautiful morning here in Bathurst, and we've got a pit lane full of cars. Quite literally, uh, the grass has been shared over last year. Some of the grasses, especially down here, out. Cars already on the pit lane exit as the uh, Squirk uh, Audi has now begun its journey down to pit out. These guys are ready to go, and I am too. Let's get this session started already. It's a little bit different on the pit lane wall than it was last year. It is. You can no longer hang out over top of the cars as we have some very nice official catch fencing in place. Uh, still gaps for the teams to communicate through, but it is not the free-for-all as it was last year. It's a couple of track changes with the uh, catch fencing all around this circuit, though, and Graham Goodwin can tell us more about how it's been keeping kangaroos off. It most certainly has, Shay. I think it's the railings, by the way, that's interfering with your mic on the uh, pit wall because um, every time you walk behind the railings the, the, the mic goes away from I've us. But s- I've swapped uh, receivers as well. But, uh, much to the um, distress of a lot of the photographers we've got new ca- uh, new uh, uh, debris fencing too um, the exit of the chase all the way down to the bridge and uh, so some of those iconic shots we've seen from races past at the moment with a safety assessment not having been completed yet on those uh, barriers uh, the, 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 the photographers are not going to be allowed in front of them and yes there are an awful lot of roos I'm afraid up on the, the mountain and uh, not a few snakes either so uh, wildlife might be uh, actually in some evidence as the weekend goes on and uh, wilder still though we're starting to see some of the cars coming out onto the pit apron and a fabulous looking beast just below you John to your left uh, a car we're going to be seeing more of later this year but uh, Motion Sports, British team uh, so this is the 52 black and gold Aston Martin, and it's it's the one I photographed the most because I am a lazy photographer, and every time <laughs> I've walked past their pit, 
they've had it in a position that is just extremely photogenic and we look down on it from our commentary booth just to uh, the pit I suppose the inside of the Maguire's Liquid Molly Bridge coming over from the park. One or two people still coming in. Uh, Shea has wandered out of my vision for the time being. Where are you, Shea? I am I'm down by the Erebus Mercedes-Benz. Uh, these cars are definitely contenders every time that they come to the mountain. But new driver lineups filling these cars. And uh, I see Nathan Morecambe, I believe, getting ready for his first stint around the mountain. See new colour scheme for them as well. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's driving for the first time, putting on his helmet clock right now, getting ready to go. If I can grab him for a quick second. Nathan, do you have a quick second for a chat? You're you about to get to in the car for the first time to go around the mountain. You've been waiting for this for, what, your whole life. What's going through your mind right now? Oh, it's pretty crazy. Just really excited, uh, really pumped to get out there, uh, especially in the SLS around here. Been around here in a Formula Ford and Formula 3, but... Yeah, you were pretty quick around here in the uh, open top cars, had the track record for a little while there, and uh, now you're in a car that had pole last year. Is there any pressure? Uh, no pressure. Um, I held a track record for a year, and then my co-driver Simon knocked it off the year later, so it's looking pretty good. But um, we're just going to work our way up to it and try and get there by the end of it. Nathan finished getting ready as he's uh, suiting and booting up for his first time on the mountain in a car with a roof over its head. Yeah, that's uh, two. The last two lap record holders, outright lap record holders uh, here, are both uh, going to be aboard that number 63 Erebus Motorsport Mercedes-Benz SLS, together with, uh, I think it's the youngest driver, isn't it, on the, the grid, uh, young Austin Sindrick. Uh, is that right, right John? Uh, yes, Absolutely. Uh, he is, I think, just 16 years old, uh, and uh, he, I mean, obviously, fantastic motorsport family, almost motorsport royalty in the state. Tim Sindrick, uh, the general manager of Penske, and starting his motorsport career. Uh, just uh, pick out some of the uh, pick out some of the highlights for you on the. Uh, uh, on the entry list. Well, I almost might, might say all of them. The, one of the great things, I think, to be honest with you, John, about uh, coming to a race like this, a standalone race, of course, there's an awful lot of the Aussie GT regular series. Lots of different cars, lots of different colour schemes, some fabulous looking cars here. And not just in Class A. I mean, the, uh, the Erebus uh, uh, motorsports cars may be in a kind of a black livery and a white livery, but they look absolutely stunning. We've already mentioned that motion sports uh, Aston Martin that sits below us at the moment with Gordon Shedden, I think we're getting ready to get aboard uh, that car. And the Twitter, uh, the Twitterage has started already between Matt Neal, BTCC champion, of course, and Gordon. I noticed overnight he was uh, berating Sheds for uh, being as far away from the UK as possible as the Six Nations start this weekend. Yes, I think uh, I think Gordon Shedden's got the better of that deal, Matt. I'm afraid because uh, I think uh, given the opportunity to be anywhere in the planet at the moment, I think Bathurst is a pretty darn good place to be. But uh, lots of great cars. It's 28. Is it 28 Class A cars between the Pro and the Pro Am? Uh, classes, John, from the 53-car grid we're going to see here this weekend. So the majority of the cars here are going to be in contention for the overall and the uh, the Class A Am uh, class win. Uh, it's going to be great stuff. We've got an absolute galaxy of talent here. Um, you know, ignoring for a moment the controversy between uh, this race and the V8 supercars that have got their test down the road. Uh, yet what we've got here, uh, it's it's a galaxy of Aussie talent, but also a galaxy of talent from around the world. We've got uh, three previous overall Le Mans winners here. 
we've got five uh, ex-Formula 1 drivers. One of them is both, of course, David Brabham, here in one of three mm. Bentleys. That's a highlight here. That's uh, amazing. And already a big favourite because, of course, it's a big front-engine V8. It's a big front-engine V8. Talked to Brian Gush this morning on the way in. Amazingly, for a man who's been involved in motorsport so long, his first trip to the mountain. Brian Gush, the really? man at the, at the head of the, the Bentley project. Who was he so, grinning? He was grinning immensely that's a good thing to, to the point of almost ridiculousness <laughs> that, that, I, I know that feeling because it's my first time here as well and you can't fail but to be mesmerised by this place it is a motorsport venue like no other uh, remember that uh, for almost all of the time this is a public road uh, so you can drive around it I did that on arrival on Tuesday here um, and it's all so familiar, but so very different from what you remember from the TV. Uh, and I think uh, Shea's moved a little further up the pit lane because I'm now picking her up on a different uh, receiver. Uh, Shea, where are you now? Oh, hang on. Let me see if I can find one that can actually pick you up. Go on, carry on. I'm with Ben. You're going to have to drag him out into the middle of the uh, in the middle of the pit lane a bit, I think. Shea. Pull you out a bit. There you go. That That's a go. little bit better. Right. Ben. You're back again this year, same car, uh, one different teammate because Earl Bamber's off doing stuff. Uh, I believe he's at a training camp right now, somewhere in the middle of the desert, but you're back. You're here to defend your title. Are you just ready to go at this point? Quite a long lead up to the event and um, just looking forward to get it started, you know. So, um, you know, obviously we had success last year and we just want to keep that success rolling. And, but it's so strong, this event now. It's, um, it's mega. It's one of the best events probably in the world for GT racing, so, um, you know, dead set looking forward to it and try and get another win. Now, you drove with Stephen Grove last year, but you brought Luke Yolden in. He won his class here last year as well, a different one, though. Uh, how's the team gelling so far? Yeah, we'll find out soon once we all start working. So, um, obviously, Luke's really experienced around here. He's done a lot of VA supercars and, you know, done kilometres and kilometres, so really experienced team. Um, and, you know, Stephen Grove had much last year in Carrera Cup Australia, and he knows this track even better now with Carrera Cup. And, um, you know, so we, we've got a strong team, and look, we all get which is the main thing. And, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. So um, we should be strong. When do you switch the focus to race setup versus pole? Are you going to try to be the Class B number one starter? Well, we've got a new compound of tyre, actually, on this car, so we just need to get our head around that, see what it's like on the long run. Um, just make sure it's sweet and and yeah of course we go for you know we try and get the fastest car possible but it's being you know having a fast car over a long period of time so um, we've got a, a few aspects to, to deal with today as uh, all these teams do and who's starting the car when do you get in um, I'm uh, I'm getting in second so um, Steve will be out for the first half an hour I'll be out for the second half an hour um, and then Luke will do the uh, the second session so um, yeah and we roll from there so you've only got about uh, 35 minutes before you're in the car I oh, know, just a uh, relaxing time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go get a coffee. Good to see you, Ben. All good stuff from down in the pit lane. Uh, just uh, apologies for the slightly scratchy nature, but uh, we've got shit out of the uh, the uh, radio frequency black hole that is the uh, the shadow of the of of the magnificent pits here. Uh, you're listening to RadioLamont.com live from the Liquid Molly. Bathurst, 12 hours for 2015. The yellow flags are waving on the start-finish line uh, just to our right. Perfect opportunity, actually, for me to say good morning and a heartfelt thank you to all of our corner workers and marshals who are in for a very busy weekend. 
Uh, and I know I guys getting away from the start line. Don't forget to, if you're going to black flag someone, don't forget to turn the number around to us as well, please. Thank you. <laughs> they, they have given of their time, and uh, we say this every time here on RadioLamont.com, but it's absolutely true. Whilst drivers and team managers might think some officials are unnecessary at racetrack, the guys and the ladies who are on the corner stations waving the flags and observing are certainly not part of that. They, we love the fact that you guys are coming out, and quite simply, we can't go motor racing without you giving of your time so thank you on behalf of not only the whole paddock but everyone who's listening around the world as well um, a little bit of a change graham to the the format of, of this friday first track day here at, uh, at mount panorama in that we've we've inserted a little extra session which uh which James is hoping is going to be the, the, the uh, event organiser, uh, is hoping he's, he's going to calm people down just a little bit. Yeah, that was the clear message, wasn't it? To take a little bit of the freneticism out of uh, mm. proceedings, because at the end of the day, this is a place that will bite you hard. And if you get bitten here, it's going to be a long job to get that car back out and running. You do not want... Uh, to waste the opportunity to start this race. So I think that's what the race organisers are trying to do, is give the, the guys some structured time around the map panorama circuit. It is just the most fabulous place to go motor racing. And uh, it's a time for cool heads, isn't it, really, today? Uh, get the, get the set up right, get the cars dialed in, and then let's go racing at the weekend. So we are just moments away now from getting this uh, started. There's no prizes for times here, and... We don't have any pictures from the uh, top of the mountain, so by all means, feel free to tweet us at Radio Le Mans, at Specutainment, uh, probably at Radio Le Mans, actually, because uh, I haven't got the tweet deck set up at the moment. Interesting uh, band of brothers just down to our right here, Graham, including... Including one Mr Chris Porritz. Uh, now, Chris is here in Aston Martin, which you probably wouldn't normally expect to see Chris in nowadays. Uh, uh, really rather fetching grey GT4 V8 Aston Martin, one of three Class C cars, as I think it is, for the GT4 cars. Why wouldn't you expect to see uh, sometime... Uh, chief test driver and development man wasn't it at Aston Martin well, he, he, and, and possibly more importantly uh, he was the man who first took me round the Nürburgring Nordschleife fault, is it? and he was brave enough to sit in, me, in with me when I did my first lap driving so and he survived both of so those not things. just talented but stupid <laughs> extremely brave <laughs> he's now VP of and I'll, I'll get this wrong, so I apologise in advance, but he's, he's VP of Vehicle Dynamics and Engineering at Tesla Motors at Fremont in California. Yeah. Now, if, you, if you're here at the circuit and you've not had an opportunity to take a close-up look at uh, Tesla, the Model S, uh, I know they've got one around the back of the garage. It's uh, down towards uh, Beautiful the, dark red the uh, pit in, a dark red colour, and, um, and Chris is actually driving that this weekend. An astonishing piece of kit. Absolutely amazing piece of kit. How much kind of real-world horsepower are we talking? Oh, oodles. More than a GT3 car. Uh, yeah, well, getting on for that, and it's the torque, the instant torque, of course, with the electric motors and the drop gear on the back. No gearbox. It is absolutely wonderful. I spent about uh, seven or eight days with one in California just around about two years ago, and th that experience lives with me. Well, as anyone will know, as a complete Betrelhead, I have not ever been an advocate of... Uh, electric cars in the past however the most remarkable thing about that Model S was I stopped thinking of it of a, as a, an electric car and just marvelled at the engineering prowess of a car running on 21, 22 inch wheels how well it rode, how well it was appointed and thoroughly enjoyed it and now that there's right hand drive both here in Australia and back in the UK 
it, it is with a range of well over 400 kilometers, uh, 300 and odd miles, uh, it is a usable, a usable electric car with performance to match. Court cars on the circuit, John, as they start to, I think, clear the way for track action. Including a Lexus hybrid uh, in police colours and uh, CX-5 Mazda, I see, going We've up there as well. got a couple of those, I think, uh, this weekend for this great race. Beautiful weather here up on the mountain today. And uh, I think uh, I'm right in saying I'll have a quick look at the weather forecast for the day. 26 degrees and partially cloudy, except and I can't see a single cloud in the sky at the moment. Beautiful blue skies. It's exactly what we're getting back in the UK at the moment, I know. Uh, and and so, on almost identical temperatures. Almost identical temperatures. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Richard Krill has arrived. We'll have a quick word with him before things get underway. You're listening to uh, RadioLamont.com, live from the Liquid Molly Bathurst 1000. 1000? Uh, Bathurst 1000. That's, yeah, that's well, wrong well, that's man. just today. Yeah. We do well, a thousand today in practice, correct? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll do the twelve hours on uh, on Sunday. Good morning. Good morning, Krilzy. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. You ready for this? Yeah, very. It's been a long build-up for you, hasn't it's it? It's been a been? massive build-up. Yeah, we've been basically full time on this for for six weeks, and it's been going on for months and months before that as well. So it's nice to have cars in pit lane in beautiful conditions, as you said, and ready to go for uh, four one-hour practice sessions today which will lead us into another one tomorrow morning, qualifying after that, that fantastic 20-minute Class A shootout afterwards for the coveted Alan Simonson pole position trophy. Which is Al, beautiful. Which is amazing and uh, got such a great reaction last year. And then Sunday's the big day. What a fantastic vibe around the paddock. And the place is looking uh, a million bucks as well. Uh, and I was watching uh, one of our broadcast colleagues, Mark Barretta, who's going to be joining us on Saturday and Sunday. Um, on breakfast TV this morning, f- yep. live from the pit lane here. I mean, that, this, is a, this is a big thing to get this race on national network television. Yep, national on Seven Sunrise this morning, Australia's number one breakfast TV show and uh, massive audiences all around Australia watching Barrett's this morning. I saw him down at the Icebreak Racing Garage, the competition motorsports Porsche and chatting to Chris Pither and the boys down there, Patrick Long and the team. So... Yep, really uh, pushing this event hard, the Seven Network, and of course, uh, for our international audience, uh, a massive thing to have this race on free-to-air for the whole weekend. Let's dip back down to Cher, who uh, I think has uh, moved a little bit further up the pit lane. Where are you? Hello, Cher. Hello, Cher. Can you hear me, John? Yeah, just about. Give me a clue where you are. Right now. There you go. Keep trying. Well, that's uh, interesting because uh, I can hear her going to the PA. I can't hear her here. Uh, well, unfortunately, not able to uh, talk to Cher up here at the moment. We'll uh, try and get her back in a wee while. We're still uh, just uh, getting ourselves dialed in as well this morning. All right, first hour then, Krilzy. Looks like most of the teams are going to go for two half-hour stints for the drivers, let them play themselves in as the 99 Aston Martin goes past us now in that uh, white, uh, black and uh, multicoloured. The dark grey one, the Battleship Grey 76, the C-Class car. I absolutely love this. This is the St. Gallen car. who Been here before these guys, and Chris Porapak has... Uh, as, uh, Graham said earlier on. Um, all right, what we're we going to see? 
Look, this is a systems check. It's a green racetrack and very green in places because some of the bitumen is new since uh, October with the 1,000k race here and we saw the dramas up at Turn 2 during that race. That section of road has been resurfaced. There's been some other patches around the 6.213 kilometres as well. So uh, very much a green racetrack. First time we've seen racing cars on it since October. Let's uh, try Shake again. Shake, go on. Uh, let's, let's give this a go because I've, uh, I think I've worked out what the issue was. Fire away. Hello, Shay. Can you hear me now, John? Yes, I could. You were going, I realised that, that there was a bit of an issue there that I just had to sort out. Yeah, it got a bit chaotic down here as all the cars decided to fire up and drive out all at once. But uh, David Cover-Jones has gone back into the garage at this point. And the best news for the uh, TV compound and the media centre is that Icebreak is on its way. So, oh, But um, in other news, Patrick Long going out. In first in that car to give it a proper shakedown, having a factory driver is an ace up their sleeve, and they intend on getting the best setup that they can as this beautiful stream of cars comes past. Uh, Stephen Kane is behind one of the wheels of the Bentleys, and uh, we've got Mika Salo behind the number 88 Marinello Motorsports. So all of the sort of uh, big guys, all the big players are out there ready to set the cars up give them the first sort of initial feel of how they are over the mountain and they should be in the cars for about the first 20 to 30 minutes and then get everybody else cycled through the car in this first morning session. Thanks, yeah. Uh, it's an interesting story, that car. It's a GT3R from 2013. This is the 12 icebreak car. You can't miss it out there. It's a lovely wrap. It, it has come a circuitous route to get here mm. uh, from Germany, from Weissach uh, and where it was, I believe, a test and development car. Uh, it was then shipped to the west coast of Australia, where uh, CJ David Culver-Jones and his team are, are nominally based. They give it a shakedown, they've wrapped it, and then they brought it back here. Interesting that Pat Long's been released from the training camp to do this. Even more interesting that that very special test and development car has been allowed out of ISAC. That normally doesn't happen. No, exactly right. It's great to see. And there's a sort of multinational program going on there because the competition motorsports side of that team supplemented with crew from McElroy Racing here in Australia who are one of the best Porsche teams around and a great exponent in Porsche Carrera Cup Australia. And I was chatting to Andy McElroy, the team boss there, and he's very excited about that program. They worked together last year and had a, a really good run for most of the day. So they're looking forward to... Uh, going on with it again this weekend. Uh, we've got some big names here this weekend, not only in cars. I think we've had nine different manufacturers represented on the top of the mountain at Brock Skyline yesterday in that fantastic uh, piece of uh, photo photographic opportunity that you set up. And we've already got cars going past us now. That's a very pretty Audi in the blue colours that's just gone by us. Oh, it's happening again, Grilsy. <laughs> finally. We've managed it's, to get it on again. I cannot tell you how satisfying it is to finally see cars on this racetrack. Graham Goodwin is almost on the edge of tears here as he stands uh, watching cars go past on the front straight. There is the icebreak Porsche with uh, Pat Long at the wheel. You've waited a while to see this, haven't you? Uh, I've... I've Let's be honest, I've wasted my entire life to come and see That's this. That's exactly how I felt it. Oh, problem for problem. a Bentley already. This is the, the, ten. Uh, the 10 car. Oh, no. Or is it a problem? They're both doing the same thing. Ah, they've got dry ice in there. That isn't smoke, is it? It's dry ice that's coming out. Of, no, that is smoke. Overfilled, sir. Maybe. It mm. may be. You've been waiting all your life for this. Uh, it's, look, every motorsport fan has got a bucket list this has been number one on my bucket list for quite some time and it's an absolute delight to be here not just this place 
But the welcome we get here, John, mm. is just astounding. It, it is like no other race. It's gr- You know, I really do like a standalone race. I mean, we all love a championship fight, but it's something right about a, a, you know, a, a no-holds-barred standalone race here. There are very few places, Graham, that are big enough and significant enough in world motorsport, in any category of world motorsport, to be able to put on a standalone race of this calibre and attract the type of people that you would. If you did a, a world championship, if you did a non-world championship rally, it would have to be somewhere like Monte Carlo. If you did a Formula One race, non-world championship, you know, it would have to be at one of the big events. I know that won't happen anymore, but when you think about what we've got here, that bears testament to just how important this ribbon of tarmac is. Another uh, a testament bearing moment is just consider how many of the, the makes here have sent factory drivers. There you go. Uh, now, for, I think it's the vast majority of the GT3 makes that are actually here, and I think we have nine, is that right, Krillzy? Nine different uh, Class A makes here, and plenty more besides that in the, in the other classes. And the majority of those have sent uh, factory drivers, and the majority of those have sent multiple factory drivers. So, you know, they're serious about winning this. This is, this is a race, this is an event that they want to bring home those fantastic trophies, not just for pole position, but the overall win. So we see uh, one of the two Phoenix racing cars rumble below us. So that's the Kanga car. And, and followed the in by the Croc. Oh, oh that, that, dear me. Because I wasn't at that race. I had to the do The 2000 Adelaide race. Yeah, this is I, a tribute to that, uh, not just to, to the country we're guests in here, but also to the famous uh, original Audi R8 LMP900 prototype with the crocodile livery. And uh, I hope the listeners at home are getting some of the effects from uh, well, here. But, uh, sadly not the deer. Uh, just what's going by us. As in comes one of the now two Mark Cars Australia Castrol sponsored. That one is. Uh, that car is. That is that's the, the game over car going by us at the moment. Yeah, and that's the, and I see only two. There were we were expecting the f- to see three, but of course, following the concept of the Mark Cars Australia building space frame and throwing different body shapes at it, we've got two Focus and one Mazda three, all we, with a big V eight up front. We do, and it's a very bright orange thing. And they've, they've done a fantastic job of preparing those cars. They look absolutely gorgeous here. Let's uh, see if we can check back in with uh, Shea up at the other end of the pit lane, who is enjoying the sunshine as this Florida girl should be loving this temperature. I noticed for the first time in a while she didn't have a jacket on this morning. Good morning, Shea. Good morning, John. Yeah, it started out a little bit brisk, but now it's heating up nicely and our temperatures should uh, come back up. But speaking of temperatures coming up, the uh, smoking Bentleys, the number 10 is now going back out onto the track. It was the oddest thing. They both pulled into the pit lane in unison, plumes of smoke emerging from the front wheels of each car, almost as if there was a, a brake issue or something. Both cars up on their jacks sitting, just left alone, mechanics not touching them. The smoke sort of filtered away. The 11 is still sitting there, not smoking. But the car is just let back down and sent back out for the number 10, at least. There was no mechanical update to the car. There was nothing that anybody did to them. They just sort of let them cool down and then go back out. So I'll try and find out what caused that big plume of white smoke. But uh, an alarming first sight for these Bentley guys. And a red flag. Uh, We are just under 10 minutes into the session. And we have a red flag out on the circuit and we'll get shit to try and speak to one of the teams and find out what we think happened there the intervention car has been scrambled from its position on the end of the start finish straight that has gone out one of the two ex-grand and Mazda's uh, going through in front of us 
And the very pretty number two, Audi. Uh, That's blue the blue and white. That's the blue and white car, yeah. The 88 uh, McDonald's-sponsored car this year, last year's uh, winner. And the Donut King Lotus, uh, very pretty car what, indeed. What, Brand what, new Lotus. Which car was, was that? The Donut King car. The Donut King car. Yes, Donut King. If Sponsored we by Donut, Donut King. King. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's early morning, we need sugar, and uh, we know how... And lots, and lots we of We know it how those guys work. A couple of Mobile One sponsored uh, Porsches out there With a sporting well. mini-moke. With him, I was about to say with a mini-moke <laughs> that looks fantastic. So red flag out on the circuit at the moment. We'll bring you any news of that as soon as we can. So interruption already. Uh, Another shape, go ahead. A lot of these teams are not expecting this red flag to be a long one. The uh, Lago Lamborghini has already gone back to waiting at pit out, as well as the Squirk Audi. So some of these teams might know better than us what's going on up top of the mountain and uh, knowing that it won't be a long delay before they can get back out onto the track. Okay, sure. Thank you. Ice break comes in. And there is the almost standard-looking TTRS, which almost looks like Eve's streetcar from home, actually. It which is a, like, it's almost like, like an intervention vehicle, it, isn't it? It, it, is, it is very uh, off-putting to see the, uh, the white Audi TTRS going down the road. And uh, I keep looking at it to see if it's got Eve's plate on it. I absolutely love coming to see racing cars that have got different liveries. Yeah. It's, just, it's great to see it. There's the second of the Masters. They arrived here in all over white and have been progressively more liveried as the weekend's gone on or the rather weeks gone on the Nissan the GTR Nismo uh, the 35 car uh, here with the Japanese team but with the um, the aid and abettance of uh, the Nevilles yeah Bob, Bob and Liz, Liz both here and uh, effectively running Bob's effectively running that well, we know that Liz runs it Liz, really. Liz runs it really yeah, yeah absolutely let's, let's Bob's allowed to look at the car once in a while yeah I yeah. think that's right uh, and the Ultima uh, has also been, the V8 car has been uh, shown here this weekend with the same Nismo Looks sport great. livery, Looks which it will sport fantastic. for the whole season. Here comes the number 10, Bentley in, uh, the Vodkaro-sponsored number 7, Mercedes SLS. This, I think, is a fabulous-looking car. The the number Black. 29, Matt yeah. Black, Pirelli-sponsored Ferrari. And the Clearwater car, a car I'd never seen until this morning out in the open air. As, you know, a number of times I've written race reports and uh, news around the Clearwater Ferrari team. But it's great to actually, though they're kind of cars, it's lovely to see. been part of my working life, and now you can see these things going out there at speed. So we think the car that's missing 51. is the 51. It's the iMac Porsche. And, and it is... This is one of the Class A GT... At the wheel at the moment. GT Am cars, GT3 Am cars. Uh, this is the McPherson Shields and Matt Campbell car. It's a 2013 so. vintage. Uh, we should mention the classes because we haven't. Uh, GT3 was split into... Uh, pro arm and arm effectively so you can have uh, a different set of graded drivers much as you've seen back in Europe with uh, bronze silver gold and platinum uh, and we have almost 30 of those cars in class A uh, and class A arm if you will the class B are uh, Porsche Cup cars and there's a number of different versions of those class 4 is GT4 uh, uh, class C excuse me is GT4 which uh, I always think there should be more GT4 cars here. I'm delighted to see there's a G50. Um, I do think a 55 round here would be absolutely magnificent. The Lotus and the Aston Martin Vantage, the St. Gallen car. Uh, the D-Invitational 
It is the production class cars, and we've got all sorts of uh, BMWs mainly in there, TTRS, of course, and the mighty Daytona Coupe for, from Daytona Sports Cars, and Epic the non-production uh, in Invitational class uh, is the two Mazda RX-8, the tube frame X Grand Am cars, and the three Mark Cars Australia. Now, we think we might know why there's a red flag here, Grim. Uh, there is a line of oil uh, all the way down the pit lane. Fluid, at least. Uh, yes. So it might be worth seeing if Shay can Shay. do a little bit of detective work to see where that black line actually ends. Yes, I can see it going a long way up the pit lane, it and then it disappears rather. out of our view. Shay, is it, is it pulling into a pit anywhere near you, that line that's in the fast lane? It's going all the way down to pit out, actually, and there is a uh, big line of about ooh, 10 cars sitting over top of it, Toward the end of pit out, so this is not going to be a uh, easy solution for these guys to clean now, up. Now the, the worry would be that that's been dropped on the top of the mountain as well, and that may be why uh, we're seeing this uh, this red flag at the moment. Cleaning up the pit lane is one thing, and clearly important, um, but on the racing line up top would uh, not be the most adequate of situations. Uh, you're listening to RadioLeMond.com live from the. Liquid Molly 2015 Bathurst 12 hours. We're powered by Nissan this weekend, and thanks to them for their assistance. Nissan Australia uh, and uh, Nismo Global have uh, stepped up to the plate once again, and we uh, thank them for that. Uh, and come on, Chick, I'm, I'm desperate to know which one of these cars it is. She's going to wander up and start looking underneath cars now. As, uh... That's exactly what I'm doing, actually. Um, <laughs> it looks like it might be one of the Phoenix Racing Audis all Ooh. the way a pit out because the line of oil does sort of filter off toward their garages. So okay. it could be the 15 or the 16, but both of them are sitting on the pit lane apron. And it uh, doesn't look like there's anything coming out from either of them from where I'm standing. Okay, you know, if Cher had any commitment to the task, she'd take a jack with her, wouldn't she, surely? Yeah, I, I, I think a hydraulic side lifter <laughs> is exactly what needs to be done there. Or maybe just take a, a, an, air, uh, an, a, an air canister on her back so that she can plug into all of the so we hydraulic... we all those good ideas. Yeah, that, that could add, could even more that. to the coverage of the event. Don't think, John, you, were, uh, you specifically described how the, the Class A subclasses are actually divided. Yeah. That's to do with the driver's... Uh, gradings uh, and uh, Krelzy was telling us yesterday that in the uh, the pro am you can have two seated drivers of the three. All the Class A cars have got three drivers listed, by the way. Mm -hmm. There are other cars with four guys listed, uh, but all the Class A uh, cars have three listed. In the am category, uh, you can only have one seated driver. Mm -hmm. So it's about the the alleged quality of the drivers. Uh, as against uh, the, the powers that be have determined who's going to be seated and who's not. And that, of course, is determined by a massively complex matrix of what these guys have actually done. 20 ambient, 20 uh, uh, the, the 20 degrees in the air, 22 degrees ambient. Thanks, uh, Creelzy. Well, Chilly, as Shay would actually describe Yeah, it. she said it was nippy this morning, didn't she? Brisk, actually, was the word she used. Brisk. brisk. Not as brisk as it was at... Uh, Midnight 30, and then again at t or 2.30 this that morning. Was pretty brisk. Yeah. Good morning if you are just joining us, particularly those of you uh, around the circuit. Great to have your company. Hello to all the collective members that I know uh, are here already. Uh, we will have news of the collective meetup, I think, uh, a bit later on. That's been worked on by the responsible adult and uh, one or two of your number. Uh, make sure that you keep hydrated today and you uh, slip, slap and slop, of course. It's going to be a hot one out there. Uh, today and for the rest of the weekend 
Saturday, Sunday here, into the 30s. Getting hotter all the way through. Do uh, I, I, I did think that... It, what's, what's crazy? That's not hot, he says. <laughs> no. Stop it now. <laughs> says, the, says the man who got burned on the mountain yesterday... It didn't mean I was hot. It didn't mean I was hot, no. <laughs> Just forgetful with the sunscreen. No, it's, uh, it's great to see so many people out here this early part of the week. It's going to be bumper crowds tomorrow uh, and uh, Sunday... The camping on the infield already all sold out and uh, extra campgrounds being made available. I know that. I, I, I was really impressed last night, actually, Thursday night, as we were uh, leaving to try and get an early night before coming back. Uh, just how many people there were in the paddock having a wander around and having a look at cars yesterday uh, for uh, the Thursday evening. Uh, and I, I, I just... You know, if that many people are going to... Uh, Make the commitment, Krills. It was. I almost felt we should be doing something for them yesterday. There was that many people wandering down the pit lane, taking photographs, and I think, um, yeah, long term. I think uh, fan walk, autograph session, on and the all Thursday. that is on the cards for the yeah. Thursday. So yeah, I agree. It, it's in the pipeline. I, I don't think we actually realised, to be perfectly honest, how many people are here on a Thursday just ambling around and having a look. So completely uh, agree. Look out in the future for. Uh, for that, 32 is not hot, by the way. You English people just come over here and complain about our weather being too no, 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 hot. Did you no hear me complaining? I know. You didn't hear me complaining. Oh, and it's you can freezing get, point. I am living proof that you can get sunburnt when it's mild and 22 degrees and, uh, and very overcast like it was yesterday. So please, if you're at the circuit, put on sunscreen, even if you're not at circuit. If you're uh, listening to us live on the internet, wherever in the you sunshine are. somewhere, put on some sunscreen, Well, even if, even if you're not in the sunshine, put on some sunscreen mm. in... In solidarity, I think. That's the, that's the thing to be doing. Uh, the circuit clean-up in the pit lane is almost complete. In solidarity just... of my toastiness from yesterday, is that what we're saying? <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's, Hang on. It, it's better. Ow, ow, oh, yes, ow, ow. still warm. Easy, easy. Still warm. Uh, green flag being shown Excellent. on the timing. So we're back out and running. And uh, only the one lap really logged there uh, by most of the cars and Christopher Meese in the Audi quickest at uh, a 2.16 or 2.18.42, I should say. Early days, of course, and a very green racetrack. This what, is a, what we're going to get down to. Come on. What uh, we're going to get down to. I, I, we were talking about this a, a few weeks ago. I, I think pole position will be a low 2.03. If the conditions are absolutely perfect in that 20-minute session, we may well see a 2. The track is faster than it was 12 months ago when it was a completely brand-new surface. It's had time to rubber in. We've had... The Easter race meeting here last year, of course, lots of traffic uh, here in October, despite the slight dramas we had. So it's a better racetrack than it was 12 months ago. Whether it's a full second faster, I'm not sure, but low threes for pole, I think, is absolutely reasonable to expect from these cars, given the, the quality of team and drivers. And bear in mind, when we were here 12 months ago, the cars were 2013 spec, we're now 2014 spec at the start of the 15 season as per the Bathurst 12-hour rules. So the cars should be a little bit better, a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. So threes should be the go, I would have thought, in qualifying, if not faster. Uh, let's, uh, before things get noisy down here, go back down to Shea Adam, who's uh, wandering. And I'm fairly envious of Shea this morning because it would be a nice place to be down there in the pits. Shea, what's going on now? Everybody rolled back out again. Well, we figured out who the oil leak was from. It's the 55 Audi TT RS. Uh, Glenn Crimp, Stuart Costera, and Matthew Cherry driving that car. They left the nice little pattern all the way down to front box number one. And now there is a flurry of white t-shirted people volunteering, trying to spread the quick dry as quickly as they can on the pit lane while no cars are here. But 
team working frantically to try and figure it out. I, I asked if they knew what caused it, and they said, not yet, but when we do, we'll let you know. Yes, five-cylinder, two-and-a-half-litre turbocharged uh, TT RX. Great car. Great. It's the, it's the, the last ship, of course. The, uh, the new ship uh, hasn't uh, made it to... Uh, this part of the world quite yet, I don't think, has no, it, Creelsey? Not yet, very, very soon, I believe. But, yeah, they've just been developing that TT over the course of 12 months. And, and that, is, that is not an Audi sport car, we should say. That's no, been developed by pro- the team. privately developed by uh, Alan Heafy's team. And Alan Heafy, if you go back 25 years plus, has been heavily involved in the sport. But Alan Heafy with Gibson Motorsport was original, uh, was the man behind... Godzilla, the Nissan GDR that were so famously won here in the early 1990s. That's a man with a lot of experience here. They've been developing that car. It started out as a tarmac rally car running in the Target Tasmania, and they've since turned it into running Australian production car racing and major endurance events like this one. It's great to see the production-based cars still part of this event because mm-hmm. it's such the core of the history of Mount Panorama going back to the 60s when the Holden dealer team would drive the Tiranas up from Melbourne, up the Hume Highway, race them and drive them home again. Uh, it's all part of the history and tradition of this amazing place. Uh, I want to send a, a shout-out to the first car that was out of pit lane following that red flag interu- interruption, the number uh, 23 JBS Racing Lamborghini. Uh, sorry, 32. They've changed their numbers for this week. And they're just down. Them That's around. a bit of worrying. <laughs> that is probably the unluckiest racing team in Bathurst in the last decade. Uh, between kangaroos and... Fences and all sorts of dramas. They've not done more than 10 hours of the last four 12-hour races. They've had a remarkably terrible run of luck uh, in this motor race. But they're back renewed, refreshed, and excited about their chances this weekend. Having gone over to tackle the Spa 24-hour last year, and fantastic to see Aussie interest there. And David Russell, predictably, goes quickest with a 10-0 in that uh, grey, black with red-striped Lamborghini. Very cool car. David's a great guy, very, very fast driver, go-to enduro driver in the V8 season in October with, uh, ironically, Nissan, who he'll be racing this weekend uh, and mixed it up here. Actually, he and Stephen Richards had some issues here in the Carrera Cup round in October going into the chase, and David gave him a bit of a love tap and fired him off the road at the chase at about 200 k's an hour. I think they've put that behind them. They're the two Lamborghinis in the field too, those two, so uh, they probably need to get along this weekend. But that will be a good car, David Russell. Roger Largo, who's the gentleman, I guess, in that car, but very, very experienced in GT racing and also in uh, Porsche Carrera Cup. And Steve Owen, who hugely experienced at this place and has been on the podium here in October before. I'm, I'm looking at Graham. He's, he's like a cat on hot tin roof at the moment. Do you want to go out and have a watch? Go on, go out and have a watch in this first session. Me and Chris, are you quite happy here? Okay. It's just absorbing, the, he's, he's absorbing t- the atmosphere. Okay, um, you may not get another chance. I might not offer that to you again, mind you. You, you, you looked very similar to that, JH. A couple of years a, a ago. A few years ago yeah, when you first yeah. came here. Kid in a candy shop. Uh, well, but what's not to love, really? What's not to love? Uh, people dialing themselves in. Time's coming in, Creelsey. Yep, so Russell with a 10-0, but it'll get faster and faster. It's a strange place, this, when it comes to the, the circuit developing and growing over the course of the weekend and getting faster and faster to the point where it wouldn't surprise me, like last year, the fastest lap of the weekend is set at some point in the race. Yeah. Uh, and we saw yeah. that last year when Van Gisbergen set the lap record fastest lap of the weekend. Uh, I think we've got seven and a half hours to go in a, a 12-hour race, four and a half hours in. Yeah, what was in that? that? Great Just battle remind everybody with what Bjorn it is. Schneider. Uh, it was a 203.8, it was. 203.8. Let's just let, pause. 
Take that in. And now we'll move on. Yes. Two or three point eight. The, the, the supercars doing... High fives, low sixes on right. the new surface. Yep. And okay. an 8-1 already for Davey Russell, who's got the foot down in the JBS Lamborghini and going very, very quickly. The Audi's uh, up there as well. Matt Halliday into third. The Kiwi just bumped by Jack LeBrock. The young Victorian in the 36 Erebus Mercedes. They... Uh, unveiled both of their cars in pit lane yesterday. A brand new look for the two Erebus cars. One black, one white with sort of opposing stripes on either of them. Very clean look for that Erebus team. They've often had reasonably bright chrome and green and purple cars, but very simple, very clean this year. And they've gone down a completely different route with their drivers. In the past, they've brought some amazing internationals like Mauro Engel, Bern Schneider, amongst others, and they've had great success. But this year, they've changed their tack and they've gone for two Two cars with young Aussie drivers for the most part. Of course, Austin Sindrick is part of that squad as well. Uh, and I'm very, very excited about what they can offer. I think the ace in their deck this weekend is Dean Canto. Yeah. Um, Dean, at all of four foot nothing, and we were joking yesterday, he was holding the Al, the Alan Simonson. He's as big as him. Position trophy. It's half his height. Stephen Richards said if he had any dramas, he could live into, in that thing. He'd just crawl in the end, cuddle up and go to sleep. <laughs> Uh, but he is hugely experienced race car driver, Dean Canto. I like that Erebus have got him. Good signing. Saw so Betty Clemenko this morning on the golf cart, just coming into the pit lane. The driving force, and I mean that in every sense of the word, behind Erebus Racing. Uh, they have split duties, as a number of teams do this weekend. I know there's been controversy about what's going on down at Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, we've accepted that. We're moving on. And uh, it's good to see that we, it hasn't affected the entry in one jot here uh, at the Look at Molly Bathurst 12 hours. And uh, good to see as well, it hasn't affected by talking to the organisers in the local council, the Bathurst, Bathurst District Council. Uh, it hasn't affected how many people want to come here. Did you see the campground this morning? It's unbelievable. Did you see last night? Shockers, yeah. You know, it was last night. It's not people who've turned up. They've been here, as I say. They came up on Thursday afternoon. They were here Thursday evening. And uh, last night when Graham and I were doing the, the late shift for the ACO announcement, um, came in. And by the way, thanks to the security guys as well last night, who, once again, who just make our job so much easier, coming in and out at very odd times as we were last night. They were most helpful and uh, did their job absolutely as they should do, uh, but were most helpful and made sure that we got where we needed to go. Marcus Winklehock jumps to second in the 15 car and Chio Sun in the Nissan goes to third. The king of the selfie is Chio. <laughs> as soon as the Nissan drivers got to the top yesterday for our media launch, he had the selfie stick out, the GoPro and the iPhone. Away he I goes. That. And Chris Jordan, who's one of the, the senior PR guys at Nissan Australia, was uh, was joking about that last night. They were having lunch early in this week. And, uh, oh, I must take a selfie about this. Fantastic. He's a great character. And uh, nice to see the Nissan get further into the race last year. Oh, they, yeah, they've got the one bullet in the gun again. That is, the, that is an issue. Now, that is a direct... Uh, that is a direct consequence of what's going on down at Sydney Motorsport Park because they would have used some of their partner teams from V8 Supercars to run the second car here. But this is in a, in a week that has been huge for Nissan in terms of announcing and debuting to the world in the Super Bowl, no less, their Le Mans Challenger, uh, and then announcing drivers including uh, Oli Platt and Harry Tinknell uh, yesterday. If you didn't pick that up, Harry Tinknell... The P2 winner from Le Mans has been uh, promoted 
to the Nissan P1 squad. It is great to see that Nissan are still racing here and are racing across a number of disciplines around the world. And GT3 is one of one of their priorities. And to have that Nismo coloured car here with the driving squad that they've got. And by the way, Al Bunkham, uh, who should have been here, uh, best wishes to him and uh, his missus because they are Any now... Any news on Baby Bunkham? Two weeks overdue. He's, yeah. Uh, Baby Bumpkin, not as fast as his old man, it turns out. It's the motion sport. <laughs> Aston Martin comes in. I was chatting to Simon Phillips, who's behind this team uh, throughout the week, and they're just excited to be here in an A-class car. They've had their Lotus here the last two years. Terrible My, did they work last hard year. last year on that Lotus. They built it yeah. in the pit lane here. Yeah, and they just had a horror weekend, but uh, that's the way this place bites as David Russell again goes quick. As we spoke, Marcus Winklehock briefly going uh, third earlier on as Matt Halliday goes second. That's impressive in the Evolve Technic number two car. is sharing with Peter Fitzgerald and Michael Armand. Uh, Winklehock there in one of the Phoenix Racing Audis, the 15 car. Has to be one of the favourites, that car, based on the, the driving squad they've got. The young mm. Italian Marco Mapelli, Lawrence Vantor, who's amazing, and Winklehock, of course, uh, was so good here when he was driving for United Autosports. 136 of those cars have been built, those Audi yeah, they, GT3 cars. They're a massive 136. They've led... Every time they've come to Mount Panorama, a 12-hour has never not been led by an Audi R8 LMS or LMS Ultra. It's an amazing statistic and what they've achieved. Robin O'Leibshin, who is the man behind the Audi Customer Sport program, who I've worked with in the States, and is a smashing but massive enthusiast for the sport. As you, I was going to say, as you might imagine, but sometimes you come across people in, in jobs and you think, mm, that's not really a fit. Well, you'd never say about... Um, about Romolo that that is the case he's a perfect fit uh, 136 cars built and they've just built a new one or they're in process of building a new current spec car last week they got an order for one last week which will take it to 137 and more than 120 of those are in customer hands there's a, barely a handful still at, uh, at Audi that they use for test and development and show cars etc um, but over 120 of them are still in customer hands and racing around the world. We think, but if you know better, at uh, uh, wow. please, <laughs> please text or tweet rather to at Radio Le Mans. We think that is the most profligate GT3 car in that category's history. Two good stories, JH. Firstly, I'm going to correct myself, and I can do this, uh, on my <laughs> poll time prediction. It'll be faster than a 203, <laughs> because David Russell has already done a 205.9 no on his seventh lap of practice at uh, 8.46 and 40 seconds on Friday morning. The second part of the great story is that the Kiwi John O'Lester has gone second in the Trass Family Motorsport Ferrari out of New Zealand. And a remarkable story with that team. That car got here just after 9 o'clock last night. Massive shipping delays out of New Zealand. They had massive issues. They rushed the car through customs and got it to the racetrack. It's great to see them here. Brand new operation out of New Zealand as Chio goes second in the Nissan GTR. It's we great to see Jono here. They're his first laps of Mount Panorama ever. 
and he's already doing a 2073. We saw those guys working, uh, certainly when we came in at half past midnight, and they were just about bailing out as we were at half past two in the morning, having set the pit up and doing what they need to do. So they've had as little rest uh, as we have. And, and again, kudos, by the way, to the organisers here for allowing that to happen and making sure that they got fully technically scrutineered this morning before they went out onto the track. Uh, it, is, it was an unfortunate situation with the shipping delays, not at all in anyone's uh, not at all down to anyone from the team in particular that, that they hadn't made a mistake at all Krilzy and you know flexibility is the name of the game Binger, isn't it oh, everybody wants as many cars out on the track as they can great to see Chris Porrock down on uh, pit wall giving us a wave back here with the Aston Martin for a, a second time missed last year but was here two years ago and I think thoroughly enjoyed his time, even though that car suffered damage. Remember early, early in the race, and at the end of the first hour. I think he was in the car, yeah, actually. Yeah, correct. Well. They were caught up in, uh, in some dramas. Had one of the biggest non-accidents I've ever seen anywhere. Oh, Never the mind footage is, is floating Beyond around. Board? Google yeah. it, folks. It's around on the internet because, uh, yeah, massive save coming down uh, Conrad Strait. So just over 30 minutes gone in practice one for the Liquamoli Bathurst 12 out. And it's great to have the cars on the racetrack. David Russell, quickest so far, and just brought the JBS Lambo back into pit lane, 205.9. I'm not sure if it's ironic or not, but they topped the first practice session 12 months ago as You've well. You've got good memory. Interesting. Chio, second in the Nissan GDR. Jono Lester, third. Mika Salo. We haven't spoken much about the Marinello Motorsport Ferrari 458, but we should. They're the, they're the defending champions of this race, an amazing performance last year. Salo, the only driver in that car, retained from 12 months ago, but they've backed it up all right with Ben Collins and Tony D'Alberto, who's very, very experienced here, the young Victorian. Uh, so they're a very, very good combination, and I think they will be competitive. And Salo has just gone to second place in the number 88 car with, and you were talking about the commercial sport yeah. uh, support earlier, Hindy, McDonald's. Amazing. No Where's that? Because that's side of the car. Mac is Australia, that Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. National sponsorship for that car, just for the 12-hour at this stage, for three-year deal with McDonald's for the next three years for that car for the 12-hour. That's a massive thing that Mark Coffey and his team down there well have done. been able to pull off. Just saw the uh, the Bentley coming in uh, onto pit lane. This is the Flying B car that uh, I noticed uh, coming in. Now, of course, this Flying B Motorsport is, is running in, in the uh, AM category with Peter Edwards, John Bow, of course. Uh, I mean, John Bow's just been here forever and a day, and he's great. But David Brabham's name yeah. is on that car. You, I couldn't believe it yesterday when we brought Brabham at the top of the mountain. You and Brabham had never met before. No, I know. My I two favourite well. Australians, <laughs> and I had to introduce you. Two Australian I'm legends. The, I'm glad you were there for the moment. It was a good moment. Two I'm Aussie legends of motorsport, and you'd never met before. Uh, he's a lovely guy. I had a good chat with him, too, at the media launch yesterday, and he's looking forward to, uh, to this weekend. Uh, we, uh, more from Shay Adam in pit lane. G'day, Shay. I'm glad that you've got the iced coffee situation sorted out by the sounds of it. Hello, Shay. Hello, John. Ah, yes, there you We're, are. We're uh, testing the bounds of our technology right now. You mentioned Bentley and... Got down to the uh, Bentley Garage, the M Motorsport guys, though, where Maxi Book has just gotten out of the car, and he's just having a quick debrief with some of his engineers, but he said it's very, very slippery out there, that there's no grip for anybody, but at least it's equally slippery, uh, expecting the track to come back up, and I'm going to try and grab him as soon as he's done with his engineers, and I'll just uh, shout up and let you know when that is. Okay, I'll leave you faded up so that uh, you can do that. In comes the squirk. 
Beachwood number five car. We should say Maxi Book uh, oh, became a bit of an Aussie hero last year because everyone loves a battle at this place and he threw everything he had at one of the greatest of all time around here, Craig Lowndes, and came up four tenths short. But he won so many fans in Australia for his drive last year and the respect that he showed Hang because on. of it. I've got goosebumps <laughs> just remembering that in my mind's eye. It was was that a race or was oh, that a race? That, that was a race, I think. I oh. still don't know what on earth happened 12 months ago at this place. Oh, I think I'll work I've it out I've almost lost years. my voice thinking yeah, about it, it was, again. It was amazing, wasn't it? So I hope we get something similar to that this year. It was amazing stuff. But the point is, I had Australian fans coming up to me afterwards. And said, we don't know who this Maxi book is, but we like him. We like him a lot. <laughs> I, one of the things I think that Graham and I have both talked about in these last few days, certainly in the last couple of years for me, it's the, uh, the capability for the Aussie fans to take um, people that they don't know to their hearts. Still waiting for Maxi and uh, Shea. I'm just listening in there. So shout up Shea when you get him. Um, to, pe- to take people perhaps that they don't immediately know to their heart, um, it, it isn't a case of, oh, we'll only cheer for the local heroes. They look at the guys who are putting in the performances and go, yep, he'll do for me. He looks like a trier. You guys love a trier, don't you? Oh, absolutely. You just got, it's the Aussie thing. You've got to have a crack, mm-hmm. is the word. Yeah, You've just got absolutely. to see how you go. Have a go. If you go out and have a red-hot go, as Peter Brock would, uh, would say back in the day, that's all we look for, at the, especially at this place, because that's just the nature of Mount Panorama. I was doing a radio interview yesterday, and I was asked the question that I guess everybody, all of the internationals get asked, where do you rate Mount Panorama and, and the Bathurst 12 hours, the Liquid Molly Bathurst 12 hours, in the great Parthenon of, of the motor racing world? And I always say, it, it's what the drivers and the team say to me about them wanting to be here. You challenge the mountain, and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. The drivers will tell me there's no perfect lap around here. There is no perfect lap around here. And no matter how quick you go, you will always fail. You could have done just one corner a little bit better. Or I was good on lap two, but I messed it up with the hairpin. Or I was great, good on lap three, but I didn't get Griffin well, Ben right, you know? You say you, you're going to lose more than you win. John Bow, for example, has been here 23 times in October yeah. alone. He's only won two of them, yeah. and he's been one of the best we've ever had. So uh, wins are hard to come by at this place. Check in with Cher, see uh, if she's got anywhere with Maxi. Yep, I do. Uh, Maxi, you just got out of the Bentley. Last year you put on a heck of a show in the Mercedes. Two very different cars. How different is the handling, and what's the biggest uh, aspect that you've had to adapt to to drive this Bentley? Um, the biggest adapt I had to do on the track was now uh, getting a bit used to it because I'm now sitting on the right-hand side. It's... I think uh, for me it's the only thing really to adapt to it. The rest is really, really cool to drive. Um, it's a bit less grip level on the track, but it will getting lap by lap and session by session. It's for everybody the same, so I'm really looking forward. What advice have you been able to give your teammates since you have a lot of laps around here and they don't? Um, to um, try to get into a nice rhythm at, right at the beginning, to not push too hard, uh, take it easy at, at the beginning, to learn step by step, and then it will come from itself. When do you switch from working on a race setup to working on a qualifying setup? I think uh, we will start to work first on the race setup and then going to the qualifying setup uh, later on, maybe after lunch break. And then uh, we will see where we are um, pace-wise. So I think we will first uh, have a look on the, on the race pace. Now, when you first came into the pits after that initial outlap, there was a lot of smoke coming out from the car. What was that? Because um, we have new exhaust. 
and um, there's some something uh, glued in it, and so it have to, has to really burn free. So it's no really big issue. After three laps, it's gone. So it's no 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 big deal. Those had to be three uncomfortable laps, though, when you're seeing smoke coming out from the front of the car. <laughs> yeah, you don't see it really. It's, you just have it a bit inside, but it's no really big problem. He's not worried. He's calm and cool and collected. And, John, we should look for good things from Maxi Book. Yeah, I had a chat. Thanks, Shea. We had a chat last night, actually. Um, they were going for an early night, the, the Bentley boys. Guy Smith, Steve Kane, um, Matt Bell, Maxi, Harold, and Andy Suchek were all out together doing a bit of team bonding. And no better way to have a team bonding than go to a Chinese restaurant for dinner, <laughs> which is what they were coming, coming out of. <laughs> and all the way to Stephen King said the immortal words, of course. They've all done that, the simulators. They've all watched the onboard footage, crazy. And I said, how are you finding it? He said, uh, it's narrower than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing that everybody says. Yeah. It's narrower than you thought and it's steeper, steeper than, than you, you thought. thought. Yep, absolutely. So Russell, Those guys will be good, by the way. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Oh, there's so much anticipation about the Bentleys being here. Well, I was saying we've, earlier we, on. And we've not seen them here. The, the Flying B car arrived midway through last year, and its first race was in New Zealand. So we've not seen them in Australia. It's a front-engine V8. You yeah. guys love front-engine oh, V8. It's up early. <laughs> Just a bit more expensive. <laughs> in fairness, if you see these cars for the first time, it should tell you that they've taken uh, something over a metric tonne in weight out of the street car to make it into a competitive GT3 road car and the level of preparation and engineering and design that's gone into that with um, John Wickham and uh, Malcolm Wilson and the M Sport team one or two eyebrows raised of course when they were given the, the job of running those cars and, and doing the design more, most uh, famous for their connections with Ford and uh, World Rally Championship of course but they have proved themselves to be absolutely on the money when it's come to getting those cars put together and if you get a chance to come to the paddock have a look around they are a thing of beauty just look at how the front of the car has been widened to the regulations not for Bentley just tacking on a set of arches to allow no no the whole front wing has been widened beautifully yeah. and the headlights have been moved to keep the proportions of the design of the original car the, the detailing and engineering that goes into some of these gt3 cars is absolutely remarkable as uh, david russell does a 6-1 to his best of a 5-9 in this first session so nothing if not consistent uh, and showing the early pace of the lamborghini that that the engineering in these cars is amazing. I was down having a look at the Craft Bamboo Aston Martins. They're beautifully built and presented, those cars. The Maranello Ferrari, it's got these beautiful carbon fibre wing mirror extensions that are aerofoil shaped, just to funnel a little bit more air over the rear arches of the car. They're amazing details that you can soak in. You can spend hours looking at these cars and just soaking in all the little bits and pieces. They're phenomenal things. Uh, David Brabham just crossed the line, 11th fastest so far in the Flying B Racing. Bentley, car number eight with a 209.6 is his best lap so far. So solid start for the Flying B team. They had massive issues with the steering rack on that car in practice and testing before the event and actually flew out some of the M Sport engineers last week for a test at Phillip Island to try and get it fixed. They shook the car down at Winton last week and got this issue fixed, but they had problems with the rack, the steering rack in the front end of that car binding up 
and they'd get mid-corner at 250 k's an hour and the steering would be doing all sorts of weird things. So uh, to the full credit of Bentley M Sport and the customer service they're getting, they flew people down, got it fixed, and John Bauer said to me the other day, the car's absolutely perfect. Solidly into the second half of this, so we've had driver changes uh, with uh, David Russell in the 32, Mika Salo now in the 88, Wolfie Reap in the Nissan, the 35 car, uh, Felix Baumgartner, by the way, the formerly the record breaker from jumping from space in the uh, 16 Audi now. Tony Vlander, world champion, FIA World Endurance World Champion in the GT category, Signing the 33. Uh, Matt Griffin, Clearwater yeah. team. Uh, Alessandro Lefteef, Pat Long is still in the icebreak uh, uh, Porsche. He went out and did the, the opening laps. There as well, uh, an interesting sh- uh, split as well of the as the of the pros and the arms at the top of the numbers in Class B. The best of the Class B runners is where it's the number four, isn't it? It's the Grove Group uh, with Ben Barker who won that brilliant Le Mans Porsche Cup race that we covered last June, along with Luke Yildon and Stephen Grove. Uh, Good Grove, they, they, That that to me. I think that those cup cars, because they go a little bit longer on fuel, Krilzy, they'll be bothering the front end of the field after the, the, the fast guys have gone in yeah. for their first pit stop. Fourth outright in 2011 and <laughs> fifth outright in 2012 uh, cup cars against the Class A cars. So, yeah, they, they punch above. And if the I'm attrition rate is high... I'm just looking to see where you put the USB port in <laughs> to download all this stuff into your brain. Uh, it's just when you live this race, as I do, 24-7, uh, <laughs> 365 days a year, thing, weird things like that stick. It's strange. Uh, I'm that a strange is a person. We said this in Dubai that, that a cup car is a, is absolutely the way to go racing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you don't want to spend a couple of hundred grand on a on a GT3 car, which obviously is a lovely way to go racing, then buy a, a used, pre-loved Porsche cup car and basically cherry-pick your events around the world. There's some good entries in Class B, isn't there, in, in the cup car class. Uh, the Kanduras brothers, Canberra boys, they're in their Cup S uh, entry car number 47, the Superbarn Supermarkets car. They've got some great drivers. As we see a car off the road down at the final corner, it's the Vodka O number 7 SLS AMG, Garth Walden Racing, Dean Grant owned car. Just a little bit of a trip into the McPhillamy, uh, into the Murray's corner, I should say. Sandtrap will not be the first to do that this weekend. Oh, no. That might be the one. first to do it, but won't be the last. Yeah, yeah. Plenty it, of drivers. Yeah, that's a popular one. There. Popular one, that one. Uh, so that was the Class B leader. Uh, what are we doing in Class D, the GT4s? All tightly packed together there, actually. Not too far apart. Uh, and it is the 42, I think. That's No, that can't be right. Class D in... Uh, it's in uh, invitational Oh, sorry, yes, I'm production. not That's the Hallmark Holmes car in Class D, the BMW GTR. Now, there's another car that you can go race around the world in. What about Class C? That was the one I was missed out. The Tony Alford in the Lotus. The donut, donut King donut car. Donut King car. Yeah. Donut King. Yeah, hang on. Hi. I've had two cups of tea and a cup of coffee this morning. You have not had a donut yet. No. That's Dear Mr. Alford, care of Media Centre. Mount Panorama, Bathurst, Tower 1. Thank you very much. Uh, so <laughs> and finally, the Class I's, the Invitationals. For interestingly enough, uh, the Lotus and the Aston Martin in Class C GT4 split by just over a second. So oh, that'll be a race-long battle, between mate. them, yeah. That will be a race-long battle. And, and the, uh, the GT4, the Geneta GT4, 
the G50 version of that car. That is a great car for around here. I had the pleasure, and I really mean this, uh, batting way above my average, uh, getting into a GT4 endurance spec car in the Ginetta Super Cup on the British Touring Car Package uh, last year and doing a couple of 40-minute uh, races in that thing. And... Uh, the G50, obviously, a slightly smaller brother to that, th to that uh, G55. But what a brilliant piece of engineering and, yeah. uh, and race car design that uh, Ginetta G50, G55 series is by Lawrence Tomlinson and the guys that were Garforth in Leeds, just, off the, just between the A1 and the M1. Class D at the moment, as you said, the E46 GDR with Carl Beck behind the wheel is uh, quickest there. And of the invitational cars... Looking up the order, I think position 31. Now, pronounce this after me. Ben Jerzykowski. Jerzykowski. Good man. From uh, the Darling Downs region in Queensland. So about two and a half hours inland from Brisbane. Up in the uh, beautiful uh, ranges there that take you inland uh, from the Gold Coast and from Brisbane in Australia's Sunshine State. Runner-up in Australian Formula 3 last year. Very handy racing car driver is young Ben. He's in the number 93 Mark Cars Australia Ford Focus with Gary Jacobson and Adam Gowans. I think of Big the three of those cars, yeah, that's probably the favourite just based on their overall driver strength. Adam Gowans. Now, I think if you're going to race here, Hindy, mm -hmm. Aussie racing cars, mm -hmm. have you seen the, the little legend-style mm -hmm. cars? Mm -hmm. Adam Gowans is a multiple champion of that class. Ah. I think you should drive one of those things. Well, you might get me in, but you might need some kind of jaws no, of life the, to the, get me the out. The body's come off. That's oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> Crying you out if needed. Oh, I think you would absolutely Lic love that. Liquid soap and yep. uh, a shoehorn no, to get me in. be fine. No problems. We'll make it happen. They, they are effectively legends cars with uh, with Aussie, uh, what tiny little Aussie V8 bodywork styles on and things Correct. like that. Correct. And they've just got they've got a Mercedes body. They've got an Nissan oh, Altima body now Excellent. as well. They've got all sorts of different. They're uh, called body jets in and in France and legends in the rest of the world. And they've just, I believe, it was reported in the news here in Australia recently. They've signed a deal to supply cars to Angola or somewhere right. completely random everyone okay. looked and went good on them uh, but they've they've taken an order of 20 cars to start an international version of it and they plan to sort of franchise it I guess around the world with this amazing series and, and are, this, are they very similar to the Legends cars that uh, that Sonny brought over from the States in, in, in Europe with a, it's a 1100 uh, or 1300cc Yamaha motorcycle engine Correct. sequential, sequential gearbox yeah absolutely they're phenomenal little things but they've been Australianised I guess but hugely successful category owned by Tony Quinn Oh, really? Owns and promotes the category alongside Hello, Australian GT. We like Tony. He's a great character. Uh, interestingly enough, Steve Owen has gone fastest in the number 32 car, although that's still the time set from David Russell. But he's behind the wheel now. He is a very, very fast guy. On pole here, twice driving with the Kanduras brothers in a Cup S back in the early days of GT. In 2011, that car was on pole, mixing it up with the Audis. Didn't have the race pace to go with the... Uh, the Yoast Audis, as they were in 2011, but he's Can a great Can you just check driver. through to make sure we've had everybody out, and I'll get down to uh, Shea in the pit lane, who's uh, trying to find out a little bit more driver reaction in these early moments. Shea. Very relaxed attitude down here for a first session. Uh, no one really worrying about how the cars are going. They're just trying to get some grip onto this track. Everybody across the board reporting how slippery it is across the top of the mountain. We just need some tire rubber laid down at this point, but cycling drivers through. Uh, had a quick chat with Eva Brukers, who says he's excited to get back behind the wheel of his Mazda, and uh, conveniently they painted it orange for him, so he's very happy about that. 
Evo Brukas is uh, one of the leading lights at uh, Creventic events and uh, in fact has done all 10 of the Hankook 24 Hours of Dubai. Raced with his son this year, 16-year-old, youngest driver in the race in their self-built Audi R8. Uh, Evo has already done then this year the 24 Hours of Daytona, the 24 Hours of Dubai and he's about to do the 12 Hours here at the Liquid Molly Bathurst 12 Hours. Might as well be part of our team if he's going to start uh, doing that kind of that kind of running. Right, what, have we, what do we reckon, fellas, from who's, well, who got, hasn't been out? We've got 52 on track, or having recorded a time in this opening practice session. We, Mr Goodwin is going through the timing as we speak. We have a sneaking suspicion it's a Class B Porsche that has not yet made it out onto the racetrack. I wonder if it's one of the Motorsport Services NZ cars, because they were... Uh, part of the cars that were delayed in the, the shipping process 68 as well. 68 or 21. 21's there. 21's there, says Graham in the background. Uh, so everybody seems to be coming and in 68 now. there with Xavier West behind the wheel. All right, strike mm-hmm. that one, fellas. So you're listening to RadioLamont.com. We're live from Bathurst at the Lentwee Molly Bathurst 12 hours. So we think all the Class B cars are there. Through goes the hmm. 49 Ferrari, the vicious rumour racing. What a great name. <laughs> Isn't it? Fantastic. And Benny Simonson's uh, back with, uh, with that Ferrari, or with that Ferrari, should I say. Meantime, let's pass down to Shea, who's uh, coming back towards us now. Hello, Shea. Yeah, a bit of an interesting uh, moment down here. I'm with the McLaren, uh, driven by Kevin Esther currently, which you know is going to be fast because it's McLaren and Kevin Esther's behind the wheel. But waiting in the garage, and uh, all of a sudden the car pulls up, Kevin behind the wheel, and none of the crew were expecting it. They were all standing inside looking at telemetry, and uh, Tony and Clark Quinn just standing at the back of the garage right now trying to figure out what's going on, just doing a bit of a data reset, I think, and uh, Kevin talking to the mechanics inside the cockpit right now uh, doesn't seem to be anything wrong just a setup change but still that's one of those moments that you don't really want to experience a car coming in and nobody ready for it Shit, Adam down in the pit get used to listening to her voice across the weekend audio only today sound and vision tomorrow such on a, the such a hard voice to listen to oh, <laughs> easy tiger it's not uh, red flag red flag again uh-huh. as we're coming towards the hour mark and uh, we, this might actually bring the whole thing to a close as we're Six, live here. 6.45 to go yeah. in the session, JH. So I suspect they'll get them back out because you can get two or three laps in that time window. And they stop the clock for uh, a red flag. We oh, believe they, stop after, the clock. Well, they, should, they should do. If they don't, they should. Uh, the, <laughs> by the power of deduction of Mr. Graham Goodwin from Daily Sports Car, uh, we believe the number 18 Sharon Rentals BMW, Michael Sharon, Grant Sharon, and Ian Sharon, the family combination. So Sharon, father and Sharon would have been in the car. Father and two sons combination uh, has not made it out onto the racetrack. That's the yes. little 135. We've got a couple of uh, ripper little car. Yeah, and we had half a dozen of those I saw at uh, Dubai a couple of weeks, or about a month or so ago, and they put on a very good show, the BMW uh, M Sport machines. Uh, and uh, that Class D production class is uh, mostly BMW. We've got uh, two uh, one series, a 335, the E46 M3, the mighty GTR. I mean, that's the car to beat there, you'd say. The TTRS, the self-built Audi from Kintyre Racing, and then the Daytona Coupe 
uh, of uh, Jamie Augustine, Ben Shoots, Ray Hislop. Now, that was the story car. That was the fairy Wasn't tale it? car Remember last the all, year. The all-nighter to try and get it back on the road. They road trip down to Melbourne, road trip back up to Bathurst with parts in the back of the car to get it fixed after a crash earlier in the weekend. Amazing Aussie-built uh, GT-style car, but they're famous, those Daytona Coupes here in Australia, and sort of an Aussie take on that classic Shelby car from I, the 60s. Ironically, of course, designed by Peter Brock. Not that one. The other Peter Brock. Yes, exactly. Hello, infa- Peter. I know infamous, infamous in Australia for uh, being Peter Brock's last car. The, the other Peter Brock's yeah. last yeah, car. Yeah, that's, that's in, a good point. In, in Targa West in 2006. Yes, good point. September the 8th at about 10.30. Dark, oh. dark day. Peter and Gail Brock uh, of Daytona Coupe, uh, very good friends of ours at Radio Le Mans. And uh, Peter, very good photographer nowadays. Uh, still... When I asked him why he thought it would be a good idea to reinvent the Daytona Coupe, because he did the uh, the super production coupe as well, of course, that's still available. He said, yeah, do you know what? When I did the original one, there was a few things that I wasn't really happy. And when I look back at it, I thought I could have done better. Only one of the most iconic shapes <laughs> in sports car racing. Well, he's got one now. He's done something like uh, 100,000 miles in. Mm. Toured all over the States. Amazing. Uh, I'm not sure how practical. Well, he says it's a practical car for touring. Um, I look at Gail and she sometimes just uh, raises her eyebrows uh, just a, a, a little bit uh, as to what is going on. And... Uh, but there seems to be enough room in it there. Uh, do we know what's happening? That's the big question. Let's see if we can get down to uh, Shea and uh, pick up another interview from down in the pit lane. Shea? found Clark Quinn, and Clark, Aaron came in uh, very unexpected. I'm hearing it was a radio issue. Is that what was going on with Kevin? Yeah, there was a, a radio issue. Early in the session, we had a brake pad, uh, brake rotor issue. Um, but, uh, yeah, we lost communication, so no problems. You know, we just... Kevin's first time out, I was, I was bending brakes in, the car feels fine, the car's good, the track's really good, the track's really nice and smooth, so, um, you know, so far it's looking really healthy. So when will you get behind the wheel of the McLaren? Uh, so I went out in the, and just bending the brakes, but, you know, next session I'll have a decent run, we'll see how we go. How did the track not do you from last year to this? Yeah, look, last year was really good as well, after the resurface, and, um, you know, it's, it's certainly... Um, equal to or better than last year so so the track's looking really good and, and everything's looking really healthy and and hopefully the the weather's good stay well and uh everything looks pretty good so far last year you had shane van Ginsburg behind the wheel who put on a heck of a show this year you've got kevin estra what's it like driving with these guys uh, it's, it's super special and, and uh, i try to take a little bit from them every time but you know to have shane break the lap record here last year and, and kevin break the lap record around nurburgring you know, it's pretty special to have these two drivers with us. What's the strategy going forward throughout the rest of the day? Oh, look, I, I think it's uh, the last race is on the 11th hour, and, and um, so we'll see where we're sitting there. And, and uh, up until then, we'll just try and stay on the lead lap, and I think that's what everyone's main objective is, and uh, you know, we'll see how we go. Obviously, having Kevin in the car by that stage, he'll be super quick, so super competitive, so we'll see how we go. Are you going to let Kevin qualify the car? Oh, uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, there's no roosters in this team, you know, Dad and I. We, we're, we're very blasé about the whole thing. Um, and if Kevin's the quickest and he goes qualify, um, you know, we'll all have a shot at it. But, um, you know, we'll probably give Kevin the best shot to qualify. It's a very good atmosphere you have in this team, and it's always fun to watch you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And he's a pretty decent steerer, as you might say, uh, Krilzy. Uh, he's running himself down there just a, a, a little bit because he holds his end up more 
than adequately uh, in all honesty and that will be a quick car and it will feature there's no doubt about that uh, in my mind whatsoever we think it might be the 88 car but we're not sure well two there's a couple of missing out there at the moment isn't there crazy two yet to return to pit lane one of them tony d'alberto behind the wheel of car 88 which is the marinello motorsport mcdonald's ferrari the other one is the number 99 craft bamboo racing aston martin so they're yet to return everyone else uh shown as being back in pit lane. Now, a bit of housekeeping from early on. We saw Andrew McPherson stop. That car made contact with the wall at the cutting and has front upright damage. That's the number 51 iMac Quick Mint Porsche. So uh, iMac, unfortunately, had some dramas there. Uh, currently scored in 31st position. Uh, Jean-Marc Merlin behind the wheel of the Craft Bamboo Aston Martin. Uh, our Michelin track temperature uh, is 24 degrees Celsius in the air, 28 uh, in on the track at the moment and I'm told uh, from our production team back in London that the air temperature there is 2 <laughs> <laughs> sorry we shouldn't have laughed we'll there get the shorts we? out should we and, uh, well, you've already got the shorts on shorts oh, are on beautiful yeah. I've never, never worn long trousers since I got here on uh, Monday night no, I said somebody uh, a local said to me that uh, you know Bathurst we've got everything here we've got absolutely everything all we need is a beach and that would make the place perfection. Ooh. You'd never need to leave. Ooh. I think we just dam the Bathurst River up and uh, build a lake. Yeah, get Why the Macquarie River backed up a little bit. Perfect. I like that idea. Absolutely perfect. like that idea. Uh, you're listening to RadioLamont.com. We're powered by Nissan. Good to have you around the world at RadioLamont.com and here at the circuit, of course. Our FM frequency here is 80... 87.8. Mm. FM, thank you. Um, it's, it's the one I can never remember, oddly. 87.8 uh, around the circuit. So if you have just joined us, hello to the collective members uh, who have joined us today. Plenty of you tweeting and uh, writing in on uh, emails, of course, at Specutainment and at Radio Le Mans. It's just over six minutes still to run in this slightly elongated session. For the international listeners, we will be replaying the ACO announcement of the uh, entry lists to Le Mans ELMS and WEC following this program. Uh, if you don't want to wait around for that, you can download it. It'll be up there in a wee moment's time. Tim doing a cracking job in the uh, late evening hours uh, back in the UK. And Johnny Palmer also back uh, doing the technical duties for us back in our main control room uh, south of the river in London. And we're just trying to find out exactly what has gone on there. As a piece of paper has been handed into us, which says... Is this our lunch order? It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, the categories then, as Trails uh, is just going to disappear for a wee moment to uh, get this confirmed. So still waiting for the word from Race Control whether there will be a resumption. And... Uh, Crailsey has uh, some uh, uh, just on, words. Just on another matter, Heine, so I'll, I'll get back to you. All right, uh, mate. I'll get back to you on that one. Just trying to work out what's going on with this current uh, red flag issue, and I believe the session as well has been concluded. So I do not think we'll see any more track action. The one-hour time has elapsed, and at this stage I'm not too sure we'll get back out. So that right, might let's do be a quick, let's do a quick run. rundown then. Uh, uh, for uh, everyone here and back home, just give a quick uh, so the top run ten, down the top ten, and then maybe the, the class leaders. In practice one naturally all uh, GT Pro Am or Am cars fastest at the end is the number thirty two Lamborghini. David Russell set the time. Stephen Owen 
uh, in the car at the end, 205.92. Tony D'Alberto, the car yet to return to pit lane, and we believe part of the reason, at least, for this red flag session. And we're told just before Forrest Elbow, that's uh, not going to be pretty, is it? Very, very narrow downhill segment of the racetrack. Nevertheless, the defending champion car was second. Uh, car number 88 with a 206.4. Wolfie Reap and the Nissan third. Car number 35 with a 7.0. The Trash Family Motorsport Ferrari, an amazing fourth. What an outstanding effort for John O'Lester with a 7.3. Dean Canto in the first of the Erebus Mercs, uh, shown in the car, but P5 with a 7.4. Ollie Gavin, great to have him back here at Mount Panorama, a 7.9 in the number five squirk Audi R8 LMS. So good to see that team having a solid performance so far. First of the Phoenix Racing Cars, 15. Marco Mappelli behind the wheel. Uh, I think Marcus Winklehock set the time in that car. Seventh fastest. Matt Halliday, another Audi. The Kiwi going very well, making his return to Bathurst in P8. Mark Sini in the nine car. Christopher Meeks would have set the time in that in P9, and Tony Volander, the Clearwater Racing entry, rounding out the top 10, his first laps of Mount Panorama. And it's great to see them going well early and confirming session is done and dusted. Quick look at uh, some of the class leaders, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we can do. Matt Kingsley in the 38 Porsche fastest for Wall Racing uh, in Class B. And they're 24th overall for the Porsche GT3 Cup car. Uh, the Invitational Enduro class, uh, class... This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.